Why aren't we seeing successful plus as women? Why aren't we seeing different standard of beauty? Why are we only seeing slim white women on the covers of everything? And so that was kind of where I began to challenge things. Hi and welcome to Beauty from the Heart. This is a place where I, Rose Gallagher, am going to share conversations with some of the best people I've met through years of working in the beauty industry. This first series is dedicated to people that I think are inspiring positive change and using their voices for the power of good. When I was thinking about people that inspire positive change, there were loads of different types of people that came to mind. So as you've heard already, some of those people are working with charities and doing great things for other people. But another reason that I thought people inspire positive change is if they challenge negative things and challenge things that really we shouldn't be accepting, which is why the next person I can't wait to introduce you to is Callie Thorpe. So I met Callie at the start of last Last year and I've just really enjoyed keeping up with her since. She's a blogger, she's a model, um, a real body positivity activist and basically she started out making this dieting blog thinking that she was going to document this whole journey to losing weight and all the rest of it and then she flipped the whole thing on its head and she was like do you know what forget that I'm going to celebrate myself as I am she now really champions the fact that we've all been quite conditioned to accept one standard of beauty and there's loads of different ways to be beautiful and to feel great and she's just such a positive force for having those conversations and making everyone think a little bit differently so here she is it's Callie Thor. So it's a Sunday afternoon, we're at a couple of glasses of wine down and I'm joined by Callie Thorpe, model, influencer, body positivity activist, just all round cracking Welsh girl to be honest. What a lovely introduction Rose. So one of the reasons why I really wanted to have Callie with us is because the whole point of the podcast is to discuss all facets of beauty and for me I think Callie you really encourage people to challenge what we see as beautiful and encourage every single person to feel the best version of themselves in themselves and I know that from when I met you at the start of last year and have just kept up with you you've made me feel better in how I feel about myself and I just think the impact you have on people is incredible. Well thank you it's great your podcast is exploring the idea of beauty and what that means because I think we have this idea that beauty is something that makes you more worthy but I don't necessarily I don't necessarily necessarily believe that like typical traditional beauty makes you more successful more happy so I love the fact that you're exploring that and what I always want to do with my platform is to make sure people know that there are so many other things apart from beauty that make them wonderful and actually it's really interesting what you said there about typical beauty it's kind of annoying that there's even a standard of typical beauty because there's so many different ways for someone to feel beautiful or you know get themselves into that positive place um just to kind of start from the beginning I suppose of your story and where you first started this whole journey you started a blog in 2012 and in the beginning a lot of it was about your journey with dieting wasn't it yeah so when I first started writing about 
well, first started a blog on writing at all, really. I was um, in a really bad stage in my life. I was coming out at the end of uni. All my friends were off traveling. I was having to live in London and stay in a flat. And um, I didn't, you know, didn't have an opportunity to go home like a lot of my friends were. And I was just in a really bad mindset. And I honestly believed everything that was going wrong in my life was because of my weight. So that kind of like re-triggered a dark time in my life where I felt like the only way to fix it would be to lose weight. So um, and I honestly felt like having a blog online was like a, an area of accountability. Like if I told everybody I was trying to lose weight, that if I did a blog, that I would have to be committed to losing weight, even though I tried all my life on, on and off of diets trying to, to lose weight. So I was like, you know what, this will be good for me and it'll make me feel good. And actually it made me feel worse because I had to answer to people that didn't know me, didn't understand me. It was a really negative uh, place where I talked quite badly about myself, put up re um, you know, find the worst images I could find of myself and say, look how disgusting I look and look how awful I look here and there. And it kind of like, you know, just trapped me in this idea that I wouldn't be good enough unless I was slim. So. And I suppose at that time, if I'm thinking back to 2012, that was a time when I used to work at a brand, Illamasqua, mm. in their social media team and work with bloggers and things like that. And there really wasn't that many blogs around then. So that would have been a really groundbreaking thing to do. And I can imagine having eyes on you at that time when there wasn't loads of voices to spread the eyes across. Mm. Must have been quite powerful. But after a while, I know that you were like, forget this, this is not what I want to be doing and I need to put a more positive spin on it. And you kind of turned the whole thing on its head, didn't you? I did. I just thought when I was doing it, I was like, I was losing weight week to week and then there was this one week where I didn't lose weight and I was so awful about myself. And at this point, I'd started to get in a really bad mindset with disordered eating. I was using um, Chinese laxative teas as part of a week to, before I was going in for my weekly weigh-ins. I was drinking these like Chinese laxative teas you can buy from any any shot really which essentially really bad for you they were causing have like crippling stomach cramps and I was always in pain never really happy wasn't wanting to go out to eat with my boyfriend anymore I just wasn't in a good mindset and I thought I just can't do this to myself anymore and so I was like I found um another website I was googling like I was going on holiday and I was googling for plus size swimwear and I found when I went to google that I found a blog in America called gabbyfresh.com and it was a blogger who was the same size as me and she was just come off being an MTV presenter she was um, a fashion writer and she was just like so stylish and was posting about all these outfits she would wear and I was like how can how come she's the same size as me and she could be happy and successful and thriving and I'm stuck in London sad thinking everything's wrong with me because my weight why can't I try and be in a more positive mindset and I thought this has got to end and I just got rid of it and I was like thinking and thinking like what can I do and I some reason came up with from the corners of the curve meaning there is no corner to a curve and that you can make whatever you want out of your life and I was just like I'm going to try and do this and day to day I would post about things that I loved like trying new clothes that I had never tried before or talking about the real feelings that were going through my mind that I know that a lot of other women or young women who were my age at the time were thinking like, am I worthy? Will I ever be successful? Am I ever going to lose weight? Am I healthy? Like all these questions that I kept having about myself, I thought, I wonder if someone else can relate. And it turns out loads of people could relate and so I, I built a, I built a community very early on with women like-minded women that were struggling with their self-esteem not just plus as women 
all women really um and i began to notice that the media was just not representing people like me women my size or really any diversity and so i like began to realize there was a niche area that I could fit and I started to challenge that early on and and like sort of say well why aren't we why aren't we seeing successful plus as women why aren't we seeing different standard of beauty why are we only seeing slim white women on the covers of everything and so that was kind of where I began to challenge things and so when this all unfolded you started to go from strength to strength. And I think that one of the things I really notice about you is whenever there's something to be challenged or questioned, you'll be there, you'll have an opinion. You've you've definitely spearheaded so much positive change. We're now in 2019. How do you think the industry is working now? Do you think we've got better at this? Do you think we've got a long way to go? Um, how do you think the landscape has changed since you started back then? I mean, when I first started, I did not see anyone like me in the media. And I, and, and there was still very much this belief that, you know, you were beautiful if you looked a certain way. And that was reflective in, in so much of what we see in magazines and everything. So um, being a plus woman at the time, there was no brands really that had m- many plus collections. I think at the time it was working really exclusively with Evans and New Look that had um, plus collections. And now when I look back, now I look now at 2019 versus 2012, we've got River Island, ASOS Curve, New Look Curve, Anthropology Curve. From that movement, from the body positive movement and more people challenging these this information they'd always been told and brought up on and watching adverts where women we were told we had to be as hair free as toned as tanned as perfect poreless skin slim you know kellogg's you know kellogg's what's that special k advert that was like you, you the version of healthy was to be a beautiful woman with red lipstick eating a bowl of cornflakes, uh, bloody bran flakes, whatever it is they sell. Um, <laughs> do you know what I mean? That was the version that we see. And now you see so much diversity. Now you see, now because brands have realised that actually they were selling products based off people's insecurities and people have caught up and they're like, actually, why do I need that? Do I actually need like 50 different types of this and that to feel good? And, you know, I think there's been a conversation change and even with like leading with feminism is like the right for women to choose to like love beauty and not it be that they are doing buying makeup because they have to, but because they want to. I think there's so many things you've said there that especially the body positivity movement that I want to come back to. There's so many questions in each facet of it. And one of the things that I've really noticed is exactly right. Brands have caught up and they've realized that they need to share opinions of every different type of woman. One of the things I really commend you for is it must be so hard to put yourself out there when sometimes you're going to receive negative feedback and negative comments and a debate I saw you weighing in on recently was if a brand is going to put an image of a plus size person or anyone at all that's going to be open to criticism what is their responsibility to monitor the comments and monitor the reaction that that has because Gay pride is one of those topics where everyone just jumps on the gay pride bandwagon and then, you know, says that they've got an opinion on it. And I feel like body positivity is one of those. Where do you stand on the whole? Does the brand have the responsibility to sense the comments? There's there's definitely a trend happening where brands are co-opting movements that are made. So, for example, with like with what I can only speak on 
body positivity because that's kind of the movement I'm in, but I completely get um, and have seen lots of challenges about brands co-opting LGBT movements. It's like they want to put a flag on there, but don't want to take part in the political requirements of being what being LGBT is. And that the fact is that people who are LGBT still don't feel comfortable walking around with their partners. They still can't, some places still can't marry. Sometimes some places still illegal to be gay. The fight's still going on. And so when brands attach themselves and put rainbows on things, but actually what are you doing to help that group of people? And that is what I often say with body positivity. It's like when brands put me on their page and I'm automatic, I'm always automatically challenged. Often uh, someone will put up a picture of me in a, in a fashion outfit or whatever and someone will be like this is promoting obesity or this person's fat and disgusting and you know I have to see the the fallout of that and I often have people you know what often becomes just a nice picture of me in an outfit to a thousands comments people arguing about whether I'm going to live or die that often is what comes up people will be honestly arguing about the fact that I'm going to get diabetes or how unhealthy I am and it's like so frustrating because I just wanted to post a nice picture in an outfit where I felt really good. And so my thing is, is that I think that would be limited and that would happen a lot less if brands took responsibility for what was said. And like, I really find it hard to navigate between the line of like people having an opinion and then their opinion being just awful and vile. And like, what responsibility does a brand have? And like a lot of the work that I've done having come out the other side of really severe online abuse there was not a specific article when I was featured in a um, Vogue article and then um Yahoo covered a post about me and there was these oh, over 900 to a thousand abusive comments and a lot of people were calling out Yahoo saying like you need to close these down and thankfully a few days later someone from the Yahoo team messaged me and they said we're so sorry we don't have moderation because we we just can't afford to pay a moderator I mean it's Yahoo I'm not sure I fully believe that but like I was like, why do you not moderate it? And they were just like, we're, we're going to close the comment section down, which then caused more argument because people were like, this is censorship. And it's such a vicious circle. But ultimately, brands do have a responsibility because it's my mental health at risk there. And not only that, but the customers who are following them that maybe see a reflection of themselves in me also seeing that and feeling targeted. So they do have responsibility. They wouldn't allow hate speech on there. Yeah. So um, calling me fat, disgusting, time I'm going to die and all these horrible things things I receive for me is hateful so I think they should take it down but they often don't because it, it it causes a lot of uh it causes a lot of chat and I think that helps with their engagement so sometimes I don't one of the things I really commend you on is there have been so many examples of times when there's been a big chat or a big discussion emerge and you've commented on it. And one of my favourite reactions I've seen you have was you'd had some negative feedback on a Nike campaign and you said, and I quote to this person, how do people get fit if they don't have clothes to work out in? Mm. Yeah, the Nike thing was so frustrating for me because I was um, partnered with them to prom help promote their plus size collection. They extended up to a 3X, which is up to a UK 32, which is to me is incredible because um, there's a, lo a lot of big chat about like obesity and being overweight, being unhealthy and being plus size being the wrong thing to be. But then on the same coin saying, well, plus size people don't deserve to have extended clove lines that fit them. So like in one breath, say, 
people are so unhealthy, they need to go to the gym, they need to be healthy. But then in the next breath, say, but you have to do that alone in a bin bag in your house. Like, what the hell? It's ridiculous. And I'm like, you need, I challenge that because I'm like, Nike, first and foremost, Nike aren't just being nice. They are a business and they realize that there are people that need the clothes. So that that's first and foremost. Second of all, why should fitness be only for one type of person? And also a lot of the time, like being fit is not reflective of your size. You can be small and not fit. You can be big and fit. You can be big and unfit. Like we're not robots. Like we're human beings and all of us are different. And that's what makes us unique. So it just, that really does my head in. So that was like definitely a bone of contentment for me. And when you put yourself out there for these debates, I'm really fascinated in kind of the impact it has on you to be the person that spearheads this change. So I know that recently you put a photo up of your back Mm -hmm. and you said, this is my least favourite part of my body and I'm putting it out there because first of all, putting an image of it out there just takes away its control to upset me. But also I know that you are aware that you're such a figure of inspiration for so many people. How do you find the balance between being the voice for change and maintaining that point of self-esteem? Yeah, it's really hard because I think people often think that because I am a body positive person that, you know, I, I promote body confidence in a lot of people and I, I really share those strong beliefs that that means I can't ever feel those things myself and like a lot of the time I expose my weakest points to people to prove a point and sometimes I'm like wow that actually was really hard for me to do like the back thing is like something I've always been conscious about like I only ever stand front facing when I take pictures and it's something I'm working on myself like why am I only doing that like am I really seeing myself as body positive I've only seen myself from one angle like so it's been a challenging point for me but it is really hard because when we when we do these things like part of being an activist well I, I, I don't even know if I fully say activist I suppose maybe am I actually an activist I would 100% call you an activist and oh, okay. that's why I wanted you on here oh um like what I think a lot of it time is, is that it, it can put a lot of pressure on you because you feel responsible to answer to everything, to fight every corner, to say and speak out. And it's like, I'm also human. And there are lots of times when I've been really knocked back by abuse online or um, challenges that I've experienced within the industry of not getting jobs that necessarily think that I should or being paid less than I know other influencers have been paid because I'm plus size and they're not. And it is frustrating, but then I also feel a responsibility to make sure that I do and say things that are challenging the status quo. And um, yeah, it isn't nice to put up a pic, like it isn't nice, but like of course, when I see that picture of my back, I'm like, oh my God, I really, that's so hard for me. But I know that someone else will see that back, my back and think, I've got a back like Callie and I hate my back. And they're probably thinking through the lens I see myself, maybe they see me differently. Maybe through that lens, they'll see themselves differently. So it's like always trying to think of other people in the process, if that makes sense. So when you have that moment where you have a photo to post or something to put out there that you're not fully comfortable with, I'm just quite interested in people's processes. Like, where do you find the strength or what is the strength? Sometimes brands will pick a picture. I've sent a group of five pictures and they'll 
I have to work with a brand and they'll, you know, as, as always, there's usually a, a stage where they have to go through processes and say what they prefer and what they don't. And sometimes I would have put a picture in that I don't like and they'll pick it. And um, sometimes I'm like, I just really don't want to post this and I feel uncomfortable and it's super hard. And I think a lot of the time people don't realize that there is a big impact of having a profile online. And like I've chatted before, um, I just chatted to you before we started this, but about whether or not um, my other friends who don't have social media platforms are happier than I am because I'm putting myself up for critique and I'm also like anxious about what people are going to say and I'm anxious that if I say anything that it's going to be picked up in the media or, or something and like you know it can be quite challenging but ultimately I try and I've mentioned this a few times I've in my own podcast but I, re- I was listening to something by um, Russell Brand and he spoke about um, how why we why we're so anxious and critique ourselves so much and why we always worry about what other people think about us. And it's like, we look at ourselves through the lens of how other people look at us. And the one thing that changes that makes a change in the difference is acts of service and acts of service are things that you do for other people that help make a change for them. So like, it's not to be a martyr and say, oh, I'm so good because I put a picture of myself up. But ultimately sometimes I have to sacrifice a part of myself for the greater good in the sense of like doing something that means something to someone else and they're not gonna like it might not mean that much to them it means a lot to me but it might change one person out of 230,000 people that follow me maybe two people will see that and think I have a back like that or I I have a body like that I have a stomach like that and so yeah sometimes it's really hard for me but I try and outweigh it and think this is going to be good for somebody this is going to help somebody The reason why I ask all those questions is I'm just really personally curious because my skin is just not the best and I'm always putting pictures up of like no makeup, with makeup, mostly to show just if someone does have not the best skin and they're choosing to cover it up, Mm. there's a way around it, you'll get it sorted. I'm not saying everyone should, but if you want to, you know, the remedy's there. Mm. But I'm not without like reservations about doing that and sometimes I'll be really just not feeling the best in myself but I'll think I will have had such a lovely message that week from someone that saw the good of that that I think it would be a bit selfish of me to not put myself out there when I know it's helpful to another person and it's messages from people that's my big thing um what kind of messages do you get well I get lots of different messages and a lot of people just say they just feel seen and like when I was growing up I didn't have anyone to look up to as someone I could see as successful and happy and I think maybe they think that I'm successful what what does even success mean but maybe some people think oh she's doing a great job and more importantly I get a lot of like I could never wear that and I feel great I get a lot of messages from women who say that they've never worn a bikini before or taken the kids swimming because they hate their body and then they've seen me in a bikini and they're the same size as me or even smaller or bigger and they feel like they've got the confidence to do it I've I've even had um, women who have been recovering from eating disorders who have said that they've brought me up in counselling chats and using group chats within counselling groups as a uh, as one of many resources that people have come across in the body positive community to inspire them to kind of go on the path of like self-love and that like to me is like worth it all I mean if I don't like a picture of myself that's fine but like the fact that that picture might make someone who's going through severe anorexia think about eating a meal for a day then it seems worth it for me and so 
it is it's hard it's it's very it's a hard line to to cross because a lot of the time when I've been dealt with abuse I'm like I can't do I can't do this anymore like my mental health is so affected and I'm like how can I ever read these awful horrible dark things about myself but sometimes you just have to think there is good out there as well like the good overweighs the bad and also the way I feel about myself changes day to day like sometimes I can be like I hate that picture of me and then I can go back six months later and be like wow I look great then and now I hate myself more than men so it's like it's just hard and I think that's the problem as society that we have that we're never really 100% content and um contentment's a big issue like do we actually what, what what's going on within inside us that we're always seeking something bigger a better job a better house um better skin better body we're always seeking something and like I feel like when are we all just going to be all right with the fact that we're just we're just doing all right you know what I mean which leads quite nicely onto the confidence corner. So do you want to tell us a bit about um, your newest project and how you're pretty much going to be celebrating just that and just being a bit happier with what we've got and, you know, recognising that we're not doing too badly? So for a long time, I had a, another page. I started another page in 2012, just after I um, was got married. Uh, 2012, sorry, 2016, just after I got married. Um, I was on my honeymoon and I had just come back. I'd had a really stressful year. It was like one of the most stressful years of my life. At the time, I was um, a first ever plus size fashion columnist for the UK for Marie Claire. So I was doing that as well as a nine to five job in an admin position, as well as writing my blog and working and doing all different shoots. And I would sign with... Um, I was soon to be signed with Milk Modern Management. There was a lot going on in my life and I was planning a wedding. And during the lead up to it, I was really self-conscious about the way I felt about myself and felt really shit about my body and was panicked that I'd like, you know, I was reading all these horrible Pinterest about how I should lose weight. And then I began to panic thinking maybe I should lose weight for my wedding. Will I look back and regret this? And then um, coming at the other side of it on honeymoon, I was like, do you know what? Like, this is just... I was so focused on everything about me and I was like, I don't want to talk about me all the time. I don't want to talk about... I, I came a bit obsessed with where I was looking and it got back to where I was before. And I thought, I don't want to go there. So I made another page called The Confidence Corner and the page was like a was meant to be a community inspire page where i shared stories of confidence and the fact that i was on a journey and i was even at the fact that i was at the time i was 2016 and i'd been on this journey for 4 years that i was still going through it and i was still learning and i was still growing and it I wanted it to be a place where I could be like, look, this is a place where we can all learn together and we can share each other's stories. And I didn't want myself to be the main focus of it. So I made this other page. Um, and the page is where I share other stories of confidence. And um, this year I was like, wanted to take it a step further it's got 20 over 20,000 followers and I was like I want to make it bigger and I want to have more in-depth combos more than what I can get from an IG yeah. text and so I started a podcast and so I've started that and I'm interviewing interesting guests about confidence but in all areas of life not just body image but like confidence in business motherhood um confidence in in being disabled confidence in um confidence after cancer like a really wide like range of conversations because I think confidence affects absolutely everybody in every aspect of life and so I thought it'd be really interesting to show that like it's not always easy it's not always good it's not always influence the world it's not always like the show reel we see on Instagram there's a process of ups and downs highs and lows and that's what I wanted to, sh to have a conversation about and have people be able to like learn from that. And have you found any common themes with people talking about confidence because I'm 
I'm quite conflicted about confidence. I think that as long as I can remember, I've always been a really confident person. Like my next door neighbour in Birmingham always tells the story of when I moved in and I was three and like was this really sassy little girl and she just thought it was hilarious. Or I've just come away from like a week away on my own this week, had a ball, just met strangers all week, had a drink, had a great time. But I've never had good self-esteem, never. And I think they're two completely different things. If you put me in a room to present to 200 people, I wouldn't bat an eyelid. If you ask me like on a scale of one to 10, how nice do you look today? I'd never give you a good answer to that scale. That's so interesting because that's exactly what we're exploring in the fact that like, I think confidence is people often see as it only being um, one strain of an area and it's actually not. And like often the most unconfident times have been the times in our lives that have challenged us the most and changed us the most. And like, when I think about me growing up, like if you ask people when I was younger, they would say the same thing. Rose, they'd be like, Callie was never unconfident. She's, and I wasn't, I was a, I was fully confident as my personality. I could go in and have a laugh with everybody. I was always like trying to be the funniest, always a joke, always taking the piss out of myself, just wanting to be like the life and soul of the party. But that was often a cover up for how I really felt deep within me about my body. And that was not because of, not not to my fault really, just because of the fact that I grew up in a, in a world where that everyone told me that I was ugly and I was fat and I was disgusting and not worthy. And I think like my advice to you is with that is like you are confident and that's amazing but like it doesn't mean you have to be confident in every area of your life and like we're always a work in progress and like the self-esteem issue is something that I come across with women more than I come across with men and it's because truthfully men are often made to be more confident across all areas of their life from such a young age because they just aren't exposed to that information I mean yes of course they are to an extent but not as much as women are and like we're told our self-worth is based on how attractive we are how slim we are and like what age we get a partner get married have children have these things that are like people see as set goals in life and I think that's not true like you choose your own life like beauty comes in all shapes and sizes but it doesn't take away the fact that you can say all those things till the cows come home but still when you're at home alone and you're looking at yourself when you've got no clothes on you're like oh, I hate this about myself I hate that about myself it's like almost wired into us and ingrained into us and it's like trying to undo all of that that we're like taught such from such a young age like how we unwork that I think I'm still going through it I'm still doing it now so I don't know if there's an answer but I will say is that I think you're stunning and beautiful and like you light up every room you're in but and it makes me sad to think that you feel that way about yourself because the way I see you is not and that's the thing what we see each other in other eyes it's hard because you don't see each other like that and I know if I got five of your friends in a room they'd be like are you mad Rose is 11 out of 10 do you know what I mean so it's hard I think that is one of the things I really took from so if I flash back to the start of last year when I first met you I, I know it sounds like the smallest, most trivial thing, but if I went onto Instagram or whatever, because I'm makeup artist and always interested in makeup, that's all I was really exposed to. And then I met a few lovely girls on a trip and just started following them all because they were all a laugh. Didn't really know what anyone was about, just thought must keep it with them. And I had all of these just kind of female empowerment things coming into my vision day by day. 
And it made me realize that I'm not in that place and I'm on that journey, but there's loads of us not in that place and on that journey. And it made me realize that we think everyone else is so confident, but other people go through the same challenges as us. And it really made me stop and think, who am I following? Who am I not going to worry twice about unfollowing? What am I going to expose myself to every day? And you're definitely one of the people that I just love hearing what you've got to say. I love how you challenge everything. Just you're such a positive force in what I absorb day to day. Um, if you were to think about your newspapers you read, Instagram feed, whatever it is you want to talk about, who do you think is making a really positive change at the moment and who stands out for you? Um, what I think maybe and this is maybe just going quite in depth with you, but I think a lot of what it is is like you work in an industry where everything is about being beautiful. And so it's makeup this and the perfect skin and yada, yada, yada. And it's like in the industry, I feel like you have never been exposed to diversity because it isn't very diverse. That's where you've worked. That's where you're at now. And like, I can see why that is effective and that's why we need to push for change like I think to myself like when have I seen a plus size woman in a beauty campaign even to the extent that you're seeing more diversity than ever before which is absolutely incredible we need to see more um you know trans women um women of color women with skin issues but I still don't see plus size women in beauty campaigns and I'm like why and it's because people have an affiliation with uh, sorry a relationship with women being plus size and their chin and it's like double chins are they beautiful are they not like can you be beautiful and plus size and it's a real question and I think a lot of the time when you look at plus size models that are successful they still fit all the criteria of being beautiful they have you know perfect like shaped jaw lines and they're thin on this their flat stomachs and big bums and wide hips and they're Jessica Rabbit vibe shapes and like that's where we've moved we keep moving where we keep making a new beauty standard and so we're going like oh slim isn't which I hate because I think everybody's beautiful but we have this idea like oh slim's out of fashion now it's like that's ridiculous and the curve is in but there's only a certain type of curve and so it really frustrates me that the beauty industry like pinpoints what it thinks is beautiful and that's what it is and then it's just like what the bloody hell is going on and I think it really pinpoints normality so one of the things that I'm really conscious of at the moment is I I really never thought I've got rosacea in my skin. I really never thought it was a talking point. I just kind of thought, well, I've got that and that's the end of that. The more I started to put pictures up of my skin, so many people would message me saying, I've got that. I've just been diagnosed with that. What do you use? This, that, the other. It made me realize this is a really normal thing. It's not like I'm a one in a million person. It's so frequently occurring, but because there's so few people talking about it, people think it's this absolutely mental thing. And one of the things that always really gets me is, and I know that people mean this in the nicest possible way I know they mean it from good place but the amount of times someone will say to me my god you are so brave putting that photo on they don't mean it in that way they don't they're in a reflection of what they're taught like to them they think it's brave that we didn't leave the house without having a drop of makeup on or that I leave the house at all half the time. A lot of people are like, wow, you look nicer. I can't believe you're wearing a, that dress or a skirt or whatever. You know what I mean? And like, just because they haven't seen it, it's not intentional, but like, and so it is hurtful. But what I would say to you is like, you have to understand that like, you are so much far, further ahead than probably you think. Maybe you wouldn't have put yourself on Instagram back then with no makeup on and now look where you are and that they're trying to compliment, but it's not coming across the right way. Mostly it's intentional. But like you said, I think 
we're so skewed on what we think is attractive, what's beautiful. Like when I was getting um, planning for my wedding, I never saw a single, I couldn't find a single magazine in the UK that covered curved brides. Like it was like, we didn't get married. We weren't in love. It's like we didn't. And actually when I was looking at Pinterest boards, uh, I had to go super niche to find like an area that was only plus size women that were getting married. I thought, why have we got to separate everything? Like, why can't we just have like women and like people getting married and like it being that. And it's like so sad that we're just so lost. And to come back to your question, like who do I think is doing well and speaking about that? It is the people that are challenging these norms, like Gina Martin, that is who's an activist that um, made up skirting illegal because she had someone, a man take a picture of her, of her genitalia underneath her skirt in a festival. And she was like, this is wrong. And when she went to the police officer, they were like, nothing we can do about this. And she was like, that's absolutely messed up. And she fought right, right to the end to make sure that was banned. And now it's illegal. And people like body, posy panda, like LGBT activists, people that are speaking out on subjects that are uncomfortable, that they aren't always easy to read about. They challenge a lot of our own individual experiences and our own personal views and our own, our own upbringings. Um, and I'm like, good. Like, even when it comes to like climate um, change yeah. and people talking about that, I know people get like annoyed when people like leave comments about climate stuff. I think sometimes it with everything people can feel like they're doing a bad job on something but it's like we do need people to speak out on subjects that are important and so I think that what who I enjoy I couldn't even list off like 15 people I could be here all day if I was listing off people um but ultimately what I think is is important to follow people that are diverse on your page like yeah. if you have people that only look like you that only share the same views as you completely um only like the same makeup you like and all that like you need to have a, a, a round diverse group of people that challenge your points of view and make you question what's happening because the one thing that I've learned is that I spent so much of my life numb and not really uh not really happy because I just went along with the status quo and actually when I jigged myself up a bit and started jigging up everybody else and being like come on guys what's going on here like less question what's happening in the media less question the politicians that are saying things you don't agree with like until we challenge them nothing will change that is life and so I think it's just all about like looking inward like what do I believe and what is right and what is wrong and like kind of and also being willing to grow and learn and change like the people that we are when we're 15 16 aren't people we are when we're 30 and be willing to accept that like times are changing and that it's just all about growth and learning about who we are and if someone was listening to I mean when you were saying that I was just thinking it's such a a compelling invitation to challenge and I agree I think we should all be challenging things that we disagree with or things that need positive changes um that was the whole kind of thought behind this podcast I wanted to talk to people that I felt were really inspiring positive change um what can someone do that's listening to this how can we inspire the positive changes how can we make a difference and change all of these things that we're currently exposed to um, so one of the things I always say when I give like a list of things for people to do, I think one of the best things I ever did for myself was um, I stopped reading trashy magazines, the ones that you see at the front, like no offense to them, but like Now Magazine and the usual, like the Take That and all yeah, those ones, yeah. which I used to love reading when I was a kid. Like I always like loved a good trash mag. And um, I realized that they really were very body shaming. They were like promoting like really unhealthy, quick, like seven day diets. And they were putting up pictures of celebrities and saying like this, look how disgusting she 
looks kind of like oh uh, caught on the beach it's like bloody hell like leave her alone she's on holiday with her family like yeah. those kind of things that we see as second nature and even the other day I don't know if you watched it but I was watching the Jay Goody documentary and I was looking at the way um I was looking at what we used to sit and watch as big brother and I think oh my god the way that we used to let people like people chanting at her saying get the pig out the way that the the magazines like the sun and the mirror used to put her on the front and put her as a pig and all these awful things like not a lot a lot of that would go well now it's different we're in different era like and um I think like ultimately it's just it's just messed up and I think we need to kind of check constantly look at that and think we are in different space and why that's a good thing if you know what I mean and as one last piece of kind of parting advice as someone that always has to put themselves out there and this kind of figurehead for empowerment and confidence what would you say to anybody that isn't feeling quite themselves at the moment I just think everything's temporary and you know what I know it's hard like I should have probably attached on to the other question you said about you know part of um taking care of yourself is like to actually acknowledging there's something going on and like a lot of us don't do that we kind of always think oh just having a bad day but like actually what's causing that what's the root cause like what's going on at work like what's going on in your family like um are you tired do you need more sleep like do you need to meditate do you need to go see a counsellor like what about these things that are actually hurting us that like the issues about self-esteem that that really no one on the internet can fix only you know when to seek professional help but also I think having a tight I always like have a spring clean of your environment like one thing I always say is like I have a check through my Instagram and like who's making me feel good who's making me feel bad do I need to add more people to make myself look at a different picture do I need to start scoping different ideas do I need to start reading more and challenging other things like that like when you feel really bad about yourself the one thing I love to do is I got a video a couple of videos that I've made on my um, phone on my little, little insta phone you know insta videos i've made where i've got like group of my friends put a bit of music behind it it sounds really cheesy but it's a really a uh, feel good thing for me i look back at, I, I did something last year and i wish it's a really good app i made it myself longer than what this app does but there's an app called one second every day or something and i think people should have a like have a go at downloading that app because it, you just take a second of every day and then you look back at it and you can do it month to month and you can collate it and make it a year and it like really shows you just like little parts of your day that you think are so insignificant that aren't actually like in the morning when you have put a first cup of tea on and it's so tastes so good you're like oh I just want to have a cup of tea or sitting on the sofa watching a good film with your, with your friend or your partner when you come walk through the door and your pet greets you when you come home like those things are so nice and we don't focus on those things and those things I think like collate them into a nice little bubble that when you're feeling really low you look back and you can reflect and be like this dress isn't fitting me is it as important as the fact that I've got this great family great friends nice house that I'm clothed that I'm safe that I'm warm that I don't live in a war-torn country that my rights aren't at risk like it sounds silly and I'm not saying I'm not taking away from people's pain but I just think sometimes we need a reality check where we need to go like right what's going on the center myself um find techniques like meditation I think meditation is an amazing way to um look after yourself like when I'm super stressed and anxious I've got um an app called Headspace and I really like it because it's not got like really cheesy voices because some of them are so cheesy I can't be dealing with it it's like 
Gouda vibes. I'm like not into it. It's like, I need someone like chill and nice. That's good for me. Listen to, and I listen to it and I, uh, just give myself like a minute and I, li- and it helps calm me down. Um, and even you and I were talking about, let's go to dance class together. Like the yeah. things that we like worry about when I'm like, Oh, I just want to get, you know, I want to be more, more active. I'm like, Hey, can I do that? That's fun. That's not like dragging myself to the gym where people, where I feel people are staring at me, like go with your mate, go for a dance class, like find ways to make yourself feel good because ultimately, and I know this sounds like really like boring adult stuff, but a lot of it is your own responsibility. And like, we can blame the Kardashians till till the guys come home. But if you choose to follow them, you're exposing yourself to that. If you choose to follow influencers that make you feel bad, you're exposing yourself to that. Like they have to live with the choices they make for the rest of their lives and let them live with that. But you get to make your decisions every day. So don't put yourself in a position to make yourself feel bad. Take that ownership. You'll be super proud of yourself because you're going to know that when you go onto your Instagram, even if you slot, you give yourself only 15 minutes a day and know that for that 15 minutes, you're going to just look at people you like, not people that make you feel bad and think you need to go on bloody holiday to the Maldives. So do it. Look after yourself. Sort your page out. (laughs) Well, Callie, I've loved having you around. That was just the perfect mix, I think, to have into the podcast because there's so many, there's been so many different discussions I've had about charitable initiatives and, you know, brands, people doing things. And for me, you were someone, I told you, didn't I, you were on a list I made of dream guests because I think that you absolutely just inspire so much positive change day to day. So I'm going to take you off the mic, get you for a roast and uh, bring on the roast. Can't wait. I love a good Sunday roast. Thanks, Callie. I hope you enjoyed hearing from Callie as much as I enjoyed having her. And if you want to keep up with her, do have a listen to her podcast too. It's called The Confidence Corner, but I'll put all of her social media handles and everything in the show notes too. Next week, we've got Caroline Hirons joining us. This was such a funny episode. You're going to love it. Caroline is basically an amazing skincare and beauty industry expert. She's got such a wealth of knowledge to share, but also in particular, I'll really be talking to her about how she founded the charity Given Makeup and her work with the Eve Appeal, which is a charity that supports research and funding into gynecological cancers. So it's a really great mix and um, a really cheeky episode. It really made us laugh to do it. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed the episode i'd really love to hear from you please leave a review on the podcast provider whatever it is that you're listening on please message me at mixed gems beauty on instagram and i'll look forward to speaking to you next week